Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Microsoft Surface and Teams. At CDW, we get the future of remote meetings works differently. Oh, going right from launch directly into a meeting, that could be awkward. But with Microsoft Surface devices with Teams orchestrated by CDW, the future works better. Touchscreen and voice capabilities keep Teams engaged and productive, enabling you to always collaborate with confidence. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. Psst, you have a spinach in your teeth. Thanks for the tip, man. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash surface. Support for this podcast comes from Women on the Move, J.P. Morgan Chase's global initiative that provides women with opportunities to succeed in their personal and professional lives. In their original podcast, Women on the Move, host Sam Saperstein interviews a range of notable business leaders about securing an equal future for women in the workplace and the leadership lessons they've learned throughout their careers. Season three of Women on the Move is out now and focuses on female business owners, telling their stories of resilience, grit, and how they show up for their communities. We need to figure out a way so that we can continue donating it, but so that we won't go bankrupt. So what are we going to do? We need to start thinking like a nonprofit and we need to reach out to foundations and other organizations and find ways to continue operating, but also continue donating. Listen and subscribe to the Women on the Move podcast now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back to our Love Island U.S. coverage. My name is Kirsten McInnes, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Brian Scally. Scally, how's it going? Hello, hello. I am good. Excited to talk about the next two episodes of Love Island here, and even more excited to be joined by our guest. Yes. So I feel like this is a little bit of an awkward situation for Scally. At the end of the podcast, he's going to have to choose which co-host he wants to continue with because we are joined by the uh, by his challenge co-host over on the Dom and Colin podcast, Matt Ligori. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's go. It's going good. Uh, it's a little early, I think, for all of us, especially you. So maybe I shouldn't complain. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, still excited to do this. Happy to be here. And yeah, I was uh, just thinking about that right when we hopped on the call. That I think we're almost at each one of us having hosted a podcast for the other. I don't know if I've had Scally host a podcast for me yet, but I feel like this is a, a million different combinations we've uh, we've all done to this point. So, yeah, I know the feeling if uh, Scally has to choose between a favorite co-host. I've been there before. Yeah, yeah I was going to say I don't play favorites, unlike some people. So we're good. <laughs> well, Did I pick a favorite? I think that I at one point on Choir Room, you said that Amon was you're like special I think, co-host. Right. I think I said something like with my favorite co-host besides the other one that I have or something like that. <laughs> sorry if you're listening, Scally. <laughs> <laughs> like just really hard to commit. You know, in these podcast relationships, things are fluid. You can't always, you know, just podcast with one person forever, unfortunately. I think it's it's just ethical non-monogamy at this point. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And uh, I, I totally relate to Rob when he like comes on podcast now. Um, I mean, for anybody who's like, uh, doesn't know, I have, uh, you know, that podcast you just talked about the choir room and we've been recording like almost every day since quarantine started uh, with a couple of missed days here or there. So, you know, we record, I do all the work for the editing part of it. Um, it's just, you know, it's a, a lot goes into it. Uh, so being invited to guest on a podcast, like I have never related to Rob more. It's like the easiest thing. You just hop on the call and then you guys do the rest. I love it. So I'm excited. Yes. And I normally get to be the guest on podcast, but the Love Island recap is the the situation where that's not the case. And that's okay. Everyone's got to put their time in. Um, so just at the top, before we get into the episodes, I just want to let everyone know that the schedule for this recap and then the next one is a little bit off because of my personal life and just moving and it's hard. So we'll be recording the next one after this on Wednesday. So you'll get it a little bit late. Uh, and I'm sorry, but life happens, whatever. And then on a positive note, we released the link to our iTunes feed this week. And we are now the number two Love Island podcast. What's number one? I don't if you say. I don't remember. It's like I, a, I think it's like a daily Buzz? like UK um, Love Island recap. But it would be um. nice to beat them. So if anyone wants to go leave five star reviews i'm sure that we're going to be posting the link uh in either where you're listening or on our twitters later yeah exactly so just uh find it review subscribe rate uh because Skelly and i are both very competitive and we want to win mm. uh, so i just wanted to say that at the top of the show um before <laughs> we get into it and i guess uh i guess now we're going to get into it so we are talking about the Thursday and Friday episodes of Love Island from this week. And I feel like this was a much more manageable amount of content than uh, the two hour premiere in the second episode. What did you think, Scally? Yeah, I think this one definitely had like more condensed storylines, especially is what it benefited from. It didn't have the like baggage of introducing every character. We kind of know these people a little bit, at least by now. So it was nice to at least focus on a couple of people and get into, you know, as you see the more established couple or couples uh, every once in a while, kind of, you know, jumping in on other people's conversations. Definitely. And Matt, so you've watched the first four episodes now. You haven't gotten to to share your thoughts. How are you feeling about Love Island US season two so far? Yeah, I'm uh, I've I've been enjoying it so far. I think uh, you guys were saying like in the last podcast, it feels like this season has some more promise right off the bat than uh, the last one did, which I'm totally down with as well. You know, the uh, the the UK series and, uh, you know, even some of the Australian series going to be hard to beat. I think those for some reason, those formats, the the shows, the people on those shows work so much better for me. But I was, you know, more than excited to have Love Island come to the U.S. Uh, when it did last season, I was like, hmm, a little underwhelmed. But I think we're at the start of something, um, I think, good this year, even if it's not like I, I don't know how to compare it to the U.K. I, I just feel so separate. Um, but obviously, mm -hmm. things are in different times with the Vegas uh, set up here and I don't know maybe maybe I have such lower expectations maybe that's it because I have been enjoying it so far um, a lot of these people I think do have promise to make a story I mean that's that's what Love Island is about about like the couples and the journeys that you follow them on and sometimes they end poorly in the middle sometimes they keep going all the way um, and there's a lot of couples here that seem like they want to be together so far uh, hard to say how that's going to shake out you know with uh, some people new people 
coming in here and there. And obviously at the end of the episode uh, on Friday, we already got to see the start of that. But I definitely feel like there's promise here. Definitely. And I feel like it's just so hard to compare U.S. with U.K. um, just because like the standards are so different. I feel like uh, on the U.K. version is a little bit more, you know, raunchy, sexy. And the U.S. one is more like this is on at nine o'clock and we want kids to at least presumably be able to watch it, which is a little ugh. Keep the kids out of my love island, okay? The UK will show lots and lots of butts. Uh, the US will not. Yeah, in the UK, they were in thong bikinis, and in the US, it's full coverage. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe that's the main difference. Uh, maybe. Okay, so we start out on Thursday where they are playing Truth or Dare, and there was a lot of um, licking that happened. Oh. Like, yeah. why is everyone <laughs> licking each other? See, I feel like that has to go with the aforementioned 9 p.m. CBS time slot where probably a lot more went on. But what was appropriate to show was, uh, look at this guy licked that girl's face for a minute, huh? Isn't that crazy? So I think uh, they probably weren't as PG, if you want to say that. (laughs) But, you know, what can end up on TV is a little limited. So here's what we got. When. Connor just licked straight up Mackenzie's leg and she's yeah. like, Ooh, that, that's like so excited. I was like, okay, en- enough, like grow up, do something else. <laughs> this is disgusting. Especially with all the talk that you guys were talking about how like it's hot in Vegas, like everybody's probably sweaty and gross uh, out there. And like, there was no need for that. There was, I mean, it's truth or dare. I get it. It's early on. You want to kind of get the excitement going, but um, I don't know who was more uncomfortable. The people doing the licking, the people being licked or the people watching the licking. I think all involved were, uh, it was not the truth or dare that you uh, really want to want to see. Every single person in that villa is a salt lick. That's disgusting. <laughs> Ew. Uh, see, and that's where I feel like a couple more. Let's get some hard hitting truth in there, but I feel like people weren't willing to mix it up so early. Uh, where like I feel like that could probably still make air and get a little like spicier. I don't know if they need to be having like some pre-written ones that they can pick out of a pile or something, but definitely think that uh, they could work it so this is a little better for TV. I, you know, I relate to not knowing what to pick for truth or dare. I feel like I never know what to ask people or tell people to do. So I whatever. I guess it's fine. Truth, had unsatisfying truth all the way. Truth or dare. <laughs> well, if people get wild with these dares, that's true. I I would probably pick truth, but then people ask like the wildest questions, and you're like, well, I don't want to say that. Yeah, I feel like people are more willing to ask a wild question than they are to ask you to do something wild. So comparatively, you got to do some, you know, risk evaluation there. Yeah, because it's like if I have to lick someone. okay, sure, I guess. I mean, not in COVID times, (laughs) but I don't know. But if I have to be emotionally vulnerable, that's a hard no for me. Is it a Leo trait for me to want to always talk about myself or is that just a yes, me trait? Yes, it absolutely is a Leo trait to want okay, to be the well, center of attention. Right. So then that makes a lot of sense why I always pick truth, because if you're going to ask me a question, I'm happy to sit there and talk about myself for the next <laughs> 20 minutes. So that's, <laughs> that's my answer. That's incredible. Oh, God bless. Okay. So um, the main conflict for these two episodes was kind of the Trey situation. Was Trey going to pick Caitlin or pick Justine, uh, and he had some really good conversations. 
I feel like every time he talked with Caitlin, he was like, I'm getting so much from this. I feel like that was such a good conversation. But what I was seeing was Caitlin being like, yeah, of course, we'll both talk to other people. But like, I'm open to this because you like me and I like that you like me. Yep. Yeah, I feel like it was I didn't get that as much. I feel like I got a lot of I, I definitely what you picked up on with the um, oh, I can't promise how things are going to go in the future, but like, obviously I want to have fun with you. So like, and so I think the read was there for pretty much everyone that like, oh, this will be fun with Caitlin. And, but like things would be just as fun with Justine. I feel like it's getting undersold. Uh, and so where he sees that like they're vibing more naturally and they have like a more long-term potential. Uh, I feel like it was kind of dragged out when it seemed at least semi-obvious to me over the course of, you know, multiple episodes. Yeah, but I feel like Trey also didn't necessarily give Justine any reassurance. I feel like he wanted to mm -hmm. uh, really think about this decision and make the right choice. And so then it left Justine feeling a little bit neglected. And she talked with Mackenzie a bunch about that. Um, so it is seeming like... You know, Mackenzie is pretty good friends with Justine, whereas Caitlin is more friends with Moira and James. Uh, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was such an obvious choice to go with Justine because they feel like a couple that makes more sense. Matt, what do you think about Trey's big decision? Yeah, um, I felt bad for the for the two, uh, for Justine and Caitlin, because it's the kind of thing where, I mean, even this season of like Big Brother having live feeds from day one, you can kind of see how people that are potentially in danger of going home early feel so like just they don't know what to do with themselves when they're put in that situation so early on. Like you have all of this time preparing to be there, preparing for what you're expecting to be a great experience. And then they both get there and, you know, it seems like they're going to be in relative danger if they don't end up in a couple within a day or two. Uh, and you kind of like, like, turn back into like, I don't know, you kind of like cover yourself up and uh, don't give yourself to the show as much as you would have if you're able to just walk around without care. Um, so I felt like the two of them were definitely dealing with a lot of that while also it's, you know, it's not just the whole house or the, you know, the whole villa, the whole audience that you have to present to. There's like one specific person that you're trying to get the attention of. And it's like tough to open up yeah. yourself and, you know, that kind of uh, like get that kind of relationship going when you're so scared. So I don't know. I, I didn't have a strong feeling either way about which one of them made more sense for him. Cause I, I don't know. It just, you know, we were trying to see how it all played out, but um uh, then again, I guess if you, you know, if I had to pick, I'd probably agree that Justine, uh, the, the chemistry felt a little bit more natural than with Caitlin. So, yeah, but I, okay, I liked Caitlin a lot too. So it's just, it's just tough, but that's fine. Uh, we get uh, also a little check in with Rachel and Jeremiah. And Rachel's talking about how, like, obviously she's interested in talking to and meeting other guys, but like, let's say she had 10 eggs, eight of them are in Jeremiah's basket, uh, which I thought was a weird way to say that but i guess so scally how many eggs would you say are in each of the baskets with me and matt for podcast oh no oh no <laughs> uh i would say let me throw you guys each got four i have two in case anyone else comes along i'm still waiting keeping my options open but i feel pretty torn and like trey i genuinely am not sure which way i'm gonna go <laughs> oh, no. i'm sorry i'm just being such a brat <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I feel like Rachel and Jeremiah, like there's just not that much to say about them. Like we haven't gotten to know them. We don't really see a whole bunch of them. It seems like they're building a bond. They're cute. Two hotties in a relationship. Uh, I so sorry to like, uh, a detour a little bit but i'm looking back at the uh the wikipedia chart for like all of the names and the ages and whatnot and i i keep forgetting how like much younger they are and uh i i, I don't know why it's <laughs> bothering me so much because i didn't this is truly I, I know i tweeted this as well but like this is truly the first time i'm watching a show where everybody on this cast except for three people uh or maybe four three or four people are younger than me and i don't like it at all i don't Welcome to your mid twenties. Isn't it a weird Mm. feeling? And I just, I don't even remember it being that big of a deal back. Like, you know, when I was, when I was 22, like I would, did I look at the people on the cast and think that I was like, Oh, they're the same ages. Like, I don't know. Are they casting younger? I don't know. I'm just having a crisis here. (laughs) Well, welcome to your quarter life (laughs) crisis. Been there. Uh, What you need to do Uh, is make the decision that Scally and I have made to just be young forever. Um, Oh, I'm there. I'm Famously, there. Yeah. we're all babies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Stop aging. It's like, the move. Yeah, I would decide. not be caught. Would not be caught dead aging in quarantine. <laughs> Truly a waste of time. Not doing it. Yeah, yeah, at the very least, everyone should decide not to age in quarantine. My last, my birthday was last November. I turned 27. I've since decided I actually didn't turn 27. I am still 26, and I will remain 26 until quarantine is over. At the very least. Uh, and okay. I think that's a decision we should all be making for ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's really hard too because like the guys will come in and I'll be like, oh my god, that's literally an an infant. Like I can't even think he's hot <laughs> because he is a baby. Like is he allowed right, to drive? Like, I can't tell. I look at these two like we were just talking about Jeremiah and Rachel, and I'm like, oh, like I could easily like imagine that they're like 27 or something like that, 28. And then I look at the, that's why I just got so caught off guard because Jeremiah is 22 and Rachel's 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's one of those things too, where like when I feel like when we were like twenty, twenty one, people like twenty one year olds weren't as hot as they are now. <laughs> they just have I don't know. They have tricks now. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, nothing makes you feel something quite, like that. Yeah. Quite so old as seeing that they're twenty one and twenty two. Oh, yeah, I feel babies. Like- we're seeing the, the 21 and 21 two-year-olds that get cast on Love Island. Um, so they definitely look different. Whereas even a few like Carrington's 22 and he exudes like uh, early high school energy for me. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that it is based more on who's getting cast and less on what kid. If you're going to start saying, oh, like kids look so old. These like, no, guys, don't go there. We don't want to sound like that. <laughs> Well, anyways, Carrington is a freshman in high school and nobody can tell me otherwise. I'm sure. Yeah, just about. And somehow he's older than like, uh, what, 10% of the cast? Yeah, but then, he, yeah, then you see him drinking like wine and you're like, you're not allowed to do that. It's not illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that, Such that, a frat boy, that guy. That has been the get off my lawn segment of the <laughs> yes. Love Island recap. Um, but yeah, so speaking of Carrington and Kirsten, uh, they they're drinking wine using their bicep and i think he's trying to use this as a to show off his bicep but i think they were both more interested in the wine didn't, yeah. didn't work too mm-hmm. great <laughs> 
it was just funny because he's like, look at this trick I can do. And then like really fumbles it. Like it's about to like fall and go everywhere. Manages to do it, but doesn't seem phased at all. Like seems like, yeah, I really did that. <laughs> like super accomplished. It's like, buddy, it was shaky. It was real shaky. Kirsten did it better, actually. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty embarrassing, Carrington. But- he's such a frat boy. I can't, st- I can't. Like, I don't know what it is about him. Like the, maybe it's the name. I don't know. He's just got this like vibe to him that I'm like, I would like, like he, he would have like beat me up in high school or something. Like that's, that's just, Oh no! like, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I have a hard time with this guy. Not trauma beat you up in high school. Were you getting I mean, beat up a lot in high school? No, because I didn't go to high school with Carrington. But <laughs> if I did, then I would have been a little concerned. I don't know. He comes off to me like uh, thinks he's like hot shit and really tough, but then like kind of like he's going to like, you know, be talking crap and then his voice is going to crack in the middle. That's kind of the vibe I get. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) He's just a baby. And like he'll be just to bring it back to Scally and I's world, like he'll be cast on the challenge and like quit day two, uh, somewhat <laughs> similar to Brandon Tyndall from whatever season of that uh, show. So that's the vibe that I get from this guy. Wow. Pulled out the last name on that one is impressive, but <laughs> he, <had it laughs> yeah. saved. he did his uh, research ahead of time. Yeah. Th- like how do we feel about Carrington and Kirsten as a couple? Like they seem into each other, but I just, there's something off about it to me. For sure. Uh, Like at the end of this stretch of episodes, uh, they're talking a lot about how into each other they are. Um, I'm wondering if that is a lack of available other options, (laughs) but they, when they're together, it is like super like stilted, awkward conversation. And then like, Carrington generally like grabs her and makes out with her so it's like uh, this I see that you are physically intimate but the conversation seems to be going nowhere at least in the edited ones that we're getting yeah and on that note a lot of making out in Love Island US season 2 like I feel like there were many scenes over these two episodes of just two people just like sitting fully upright making out yeah you know, it's it's uh, quarantine times. They have permission to go ahead and, you know, not have things to worry about. I am not surprised about that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they have the go ahead. It's it's like hard to watch just because it's so different from the day to day reality that we're all facing right now. Right. It's like, <laughs> wait, this is a live show. Like people are actually in person doing this right now. OK, that's OK. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's just wild. Um, we also Moira and James talk about Moira's baggage where she took a shit on the side of the road again. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how much this has come up in the show and how much James is like just totally fine with it. Like it's See, not like I, he's like, oh, it's fine. He's like actively like I'm like, yes, shit on the street. I'm not surprised how much it's come up. I'm surprised how much it's come up in a positive regard. <laughs> like, I feel like, yeah, you talk about this. This is definitely a conversation. Again, it happens to people like if people have accidents, emergencies, whatever. But I don't know that I would be like, you know what? That is what me made lock in, like ready to go for the rat. Like James, it seemed like it was the deal maker. There was no deal breaker there. It's just... I- <laughs> Like, I'm just trying to think, 
if I, you know, was in the early days of seeing someone and they were like, yeah, I, the line to get into the club was too long. So I took a shit in the street, how I would react to that. And I don't think it would be so positive. Uh, definitely not. I mean, most people would not react positively to that, but I know knowing you, uh, absolutely. That would not be a positive reaction. You would, um, I don't even know what you would do, but no, I mean, well, like who in general would So, I mean, you know, not just to put that on you, like that's just an insane story to be constantly running around about. I don't know. That's why yeah, no, I will proudly wear the badge of, you know, Matt Ligori thinks that particularly I would react negatively to someone pooping in the street. I, I'm happy with that. That's totally fine. Yeah. Well, uh, well, the difference is uh, if someone is bringing that up to you uh, freely at their own will <laughs> so early, that is a questionable decision, whereas this was brought up for her. So I think there is definitely a difference. So we find out that James and Moira have gone to second base. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, quite the update. Um, it was funny because, you know, just recently we had people talking about how would they, won't they, I don't really remember Moira's input here, but like I said, once people get into the villa, their answers change based on then where they thought they were day one. Well, and I think it is again, back to like the COVID thing where it's like you have the people haven't been able to go out and like be wild. So now they have a place where it's safe to do so. I I feel like more people are going to be willing to be. Uh, getting physical than maybe even in a normal U.S. season would be. Yeah. Um, we get- yeah, definitely that. But it's also like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like just from watching all the different seasons of the show, especially the UK version, I feel like a lot of people tend to like get over eager. They get into the villa, they find somebody they're attracted to and they have, you know, the way that the show works with uh, having people sleep in the same bed, like right off the bat, I feel like it very often leads to uh, movement in the bed so to say, uh, in early nights of the season. And uh, sometimes that works out for couples and sometimes it leads to regrets. And, you know, uh, we'll we'll get into it with the second episode about how this turns out for them. But it doesn't always end up uh, well when you when you move as fast as some of these couples move and then you're still stuck together 24 seven and the cameras are on and it's just a lot of pressure. Yeah, definitely a high pressure situation. And I especially with how hot it is. Like Scally was talking uh, pre-show about the current weather forecast in in Vegas. And it's still staying at that like 107, 108 degrees Fahrenheit spot. I feel like that adds an additional level to it. Like I'm not at my best when I'm feeling too warm. And I don't think anybody is. No, certainly not. That's uh, that's just insane. I'm not at my best at like a comfortable 85. So (laughs) 108. It's like, what is my best? I don't know. Have I ever been it? Um, Very situation dependent. Exactly. Uh, So then we also get, uh, Sally is talking about how she's trying to figure out um, Johnny's size, which I feel like she could find out very easily if she really put her mind to it. I feel like you could ask Johnny. He'd be very willing to tell. (laughs) Like, that's the vibe I get. I (laughs) I don't think he's shy. I feel like with Johnny, literally, she could be like, Hey, I'm going to go get like a measuring tape uh, and we're going to find out specifically. And he'd be like, okay. Wow. (laughs) Don't bother. Already know. Is that one of the uh, upcoming games or activities in in the villa? Oh my God. I think that's more of a Love Island UK thing. 
Yeah, it kind of was on season two of UK. So I don't think we're going to be getting it here. But, uh, you know, like we said, UK is definitely raunchier in some aspects. Right. And better. But that's besides the point. Um. Yeah, and then like there's just there's more Carrington and and Kirsten. Like I just like I'm bored of their relationship. Do we? Is there anything interesting about this couple? Definitely not in the first episode. I thought more so. You know, at the end of the uh, second one, there was some stuff to talk about. But otherwise, yeah, I'm uh, I'm like I I pass right over Carrington content. I'm just like. Stay away from me. Well, you're scared to a locker. I'm scared of him. (laughs) Yeah, I would say we're as bored with Carrington and Kirsten as Kirsten is with Carrington. Ooh, pretty much. Probably (laughs) because that's the thing. Like, I feel like I get the vibe that like, like I uh, we saw how things played out at the end of the second episode. But like, I won't be surprised if this couple doesn't last even into like next week. Just Mm -hmm. uh, Carrington is the kind of guy where it looks like you look at him and you're like, hmm, okay, yeah, I like it. And then you get to like you know, know him a little bit more and you're like, nope, I'll, uh, I'll next. I'll take a pass on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so how did we feel about Johnny and Sully making their little personal handshake? I personally thought it was adorable. Yeah. Big fan. I, that's the thing is like little personality moments like this are what I would rather see because we're not going to get, you know, super spicy scenes on the U S. So give me things that are going to build up the personality of the Islanders and of the couples as a whole. So this was like a perfect example of that for me. But if you could get the spicy moments, that's what Scali would prefer. Yeah, then throw away the handshakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And then, okay, Trey and Justine with their workout. So she's doing like hip thrusters, but he's providing the counterweight by like pushing down on her hips. I do not think this is an effective workout. I don't think it's safe for the gym. Uh, But I guess this is as spicy as it's going to get. I don't know. It was a workout. Uh, It was something. It was, uh, she, she felt something. I don't know (laughs) if it was, you know, in the uh, workout, whatever, but (laughs) Uh, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. It was, uh, I, I've not been to a gym in a long time. Uh, we'll call it because of COVID. That's, uh, <laughs> probably the accurate reason, but, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen this kind of workout done, uh, there. They, okay. They've did, they, in the, these two episodes, there is so much time spent in the like gym area. And I am like, I get it. You guys are hot. You have abs, you work out, but could you do something else while you're having your conversation so we could see that instead? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bored. And it just makes me feel guilty that I'm not working out enough. <laughs> I think that's what it is, is people are not used to seeing gym equipment anymore. So <laughs> we see any, it's like, oh, too much. Get away from me. Ugh, I haven't <laughs> but... seen gym equipment in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And it feels like different from uh, like in the Big Brother house when they have their gym equipment and sometimes they even have it inside, you know, if the backyard's going to be closed for a bit. Um, I genuinely like feel for them that, you know, they're like, oh, they're getting out some stress by doing a workout. You know, they're just sitting around the house all day. They have nothing else to do, but it feels completely different to me with Love Island. You're like all of these pretty people that just want to make sure that they're, you know, th- that they're just looking at tip top shape for uh, whatever's to come next. So it's uh, yeah, the, the, the gym segments don't tend to land very well. I, I don't care for it. What did land, I thought, pretty well was Johnny giving everyone 
haircuts and having like that emotional moment. Like, is, okay, do guys talk to their hairdressers and like form bonds with them? Is that a thing guys do? Mm-hmm. It, it is. Yeah. And that's why I stopped getting haircuts at, at haircut places <laughs> at least six or seven years ago. I've been cutting my own hair since. Oh my God. Because you like you don't want to talk to someone, or because it like went mm-hmm. badly. No, because I, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, uh, as a natural introvert in the first place, uh, just the the I also hate small talk more than like so many things in the world. Hate, hate, hate small talk, and that's all it is. I mean, you can form a genuine like friendship kind of thing with the person who cuts your hair if you go back to the same place, and you know, definitely like try to go when the person that you know whatever is going to be there, but. Otherwise, you just go to a place to get your hair cut and it's small talk. So, uh, so where do you work? So what's, uh, what's the weather? It's like the, just the most baseline small talk. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and that's why I cut my own hair. <laughs> I wish I could cut my own hair. I had the same person doing my hair from 2014 to 2020. And it was really great because we like became friends and we could talk about things. But also if I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. She'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. We won't talk today. Um, and then now I had to go to someone new now that I've moved and it's just like not the same. And it makes me sad. Scally, what's your yeah. experiences? Oh, finding barbers is horrible because I just know my head shape is not normal. My hair is not normal. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, I, it's a known fact. We like, let's acknowledge it. Your so, hair is normal. And, you just have curly hair and I don't okay. think your head is like a bizarre shape. Like, I don't know what. What are you talking about? Let me live my truth. It has been, I know my head. <laughs> like, you heard it here world. first. I'm not trying to get it. Put that one. <laughs> but so uh, I have gone to uh, three people in, over the course of my life uh, that have cut my hair more than once. And it is like, I know what I want. There was one time like last summer where it was like uh, my barber's on vacation. I have to go to someone. And I was in that chair for like an hour with a new person. Uh, just like, no, no, here and here. Okay, now here. Okay, now you cut over here. And the tra- and I was a nightmare. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here's a giant tip. <laughs> like, I'm, Thank you. And I still was not thrilled. So I am very, very specific. And Go down to that- a buzz cut and you can do it yourself. Can oh, you I, imagine like I, Scally with a buzz cut? He mm. would never. Oh, weird shape head. I weird mean, shape. Yeah, again, if if Scally, if you've learned anything today, it's that Scally knows his head, okay? <laughs> Scally knows his head, yes. I used to I used to have a barber or like a specific person that cut my hair when I was younger, but that was only because my parents knew that we should go there because I think they gave me a munchkin every time I got my hair cut. So that was a nice treat. But after the munchkin stopped coming in and I have to had you know had to have conversations with people, get me out of there. You see, I got a lollipop. That was my go to haircut <laughs> treat. Yeah, no, that makes a lot more sense. Wait, I didn't get any haircut <laughs> treats. Mm, looks like you were going to the wrong barber. What the hell? <laughs> I, I feel robbed. I I would like a lollipop for every haircut I received uh, between the ages of you know two and eight. I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, so somebody send that to me. I'll add it to my Amazon wish list. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the girls are having like girl talk and Mackenzie basically says that she and Connor are fully locked in. It's like they're married. Yeah. <laughs> three I, days. 
<laughs> Why not? If you, I feel like Connor thinks he's punching up. Mackenzie's very happy with Connor. So why not lock it in? Like they're good to go. It, you know, it prevents someone from swooping in because there are going to be people coming in all the time. And it feels like these two are, you know, pretty much decided that this is going to be what it's going to be for the future. And are they still the couple that you are enjoying or do we need more mess from them for you to stand? I mean, I always love mess and I have tried to, you know, raise my standards in terms of standing. So I would not say I stand this couple yet, but definitely on my radar. I also really like uh, Sally and Johnny. So those are probably my two that are in contention, if any, so far. Okay. Okay. Um, Sally and Johnny, super solid. And then Kirsten brings up how she normally likes older guys, but that she's ready to share a bed with Carrington, who again is, is 12. Uh, <laughs> so it, like, this was just really weird. And I feel like, uh, my, um, Caitlin, like super clocked that of being like, Hmm, that's weird. Cause that's why I didn't like Carrington. Did anyone else right. dial in on that? Well, yeah, Carrington and Kirsten are the same age, though, so I guess she's not too concerned about him being a little baby. Uh, They're both babies. I think she is, but she kind of knows that there are a lack of other available options. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's only going to be so many guys coming in over the age of 25 on the show. So if you feel like you have a safe bet and Carrington does kind of seem like a legitimate puppy, not like, (laughs) oh, like, oh, he's like a golden retriever. No, like he is a puppy that's following her around. So I think that she kind of knows she has that locked in until she finds someone she actually likes. Yeah. And just about, yeah. It's women going home, so they, you know, know that it will be men going home next. So I feel like as long as you can feel secure for this night, you'll feel safe for a little while longer, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, James joins them for the girl talk uh, to let them know that, you know, the men have gotten haircuts and he's out here like, yeah, your guy got a mullet. Your guy got a mohawk like your guy shaved his head, um, which I'm sure he thought was just hilarious. But I, those jokes do not. Uh, land for me personally no uh, and then they this, do uh, yeah like the little like haircut reveal where it's like all of them look exactly the same because they're just getting haircuts at the appropriate time yeah uh real boring <laughs> i hated the scene this was like the like highlight of the week like the one clip where i could be like this was completely unnecessary i didn't get anything about personality like you just had every guy looking out coming out the same that he looked 15 minutes ago so yeah. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that does tend to be Love Island. It's like the, uh, that's something that I learned early on, even with the UK version. And, you know, they have a lot of things that land, a lot of things that don't. But when it's pretty much recapping like a 24 hour period in the house, uh, they really got to turn nothing into something a lot. So it's like if you're going to be a fan of this show uh, and, you know, go along for the ride. It uh, that, like this show for me, even for the season that I, I enjoy a lot that I like uh, of the UK version, it still tends to be background TV for the most part. It's like, I'll pay attention when there's something exciting going on. But for the most part, it's like, you know, you you watch it, you enjoy it. But it's not like, oh, my God, did you see last night's episode of Love Island? So I uh, again, low expectations. Yeah, I feel like that's part of why Love Island is so fun in a binge, 
because yeah. you kind of get all of the highlights and can skip over the like slower parts like these segments like because we watched you know two episodes in two days and now we're talking about it this sticks out as something that was really kind of boring and we didn't care for it but if in like six months we were binging this season we just wouldn't even clock it at all like it it, it would be like it never happened mm-hmm. Right. That's definitely true. Uh, this is not a show that I like put my phone across the room for because I can't help myself because I'm going to look at it. Uh, it's a show where I'm scrolling through Twitter, uh, you know, for the podcast, I'm taking notes and I don't feel guilty about it. Don't need a second watch. I'm going to be just fine doing the one and being ready to talk. So it is, you know, if uh, normally if I'm watching the Love Island version, like, oh, I have to like grab something out of the oven. Like I might not pause it, but <laughs> like it is the like perfect 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 show for that so i do like very much enjoy it yeah Mm -hmm. last summer i watched all the episodes twice and i don't think that will be happening oh wow again i think i I think i've learned my lesson (laughs) well bb21 wasn't the most riveting so i wouldn't be surprised what like bb22 is come on (laughs) at least it's like at least it's people that you were like some people like i I would still much rather turn on the feeds and see what davon's up to than uh Mm -hmm. rewatch the episode of love island that's true. You know what? Maybe I'll fall in love with some of the people on Love Island and then I'll then I'll have to watch them twice. But I don't know. That's the other thing, too. If anyone is like working from home still, which hopefully most people are uh, a great show to watch while you're working from home because mm-hmm. you can focus on your work and still get the gist of what you need from the episodes. Oh, yeah. exactly. Um. So then uh, <laughs> there's a scene where they're talking about uh, how. Uh, thirsty Selly is and I can't remember who said this but someone was like yeah you're like part 14 year old boy uh, <laughs> what was the other I don't even remember and it's so funny because they're like you're a little horny and I'm like yes famously 14 year old boys are a little horny um, <laughs> okay like it's just so much oh gosh I mean you have to look no further than Carrington to know (laughs) what the comparison is (laughs) so it's right there like he's on screen so that's the comparison that's being made but I mean when Selly's dropping like unleash us like okay Selly was not lying about lying that she wouldn't hook up in the villa yeah she you know what she knows herself it's fine Uh, And then it's funny, Mackenzie and Sully talk about how, you know, the guys they're with currently are not their normal types, but they're feeling, you know, so good about this. And that's a recurring thing with Sully talking about Johnny, um, about how he's so different from who she would normally be dating. Uh, And uh, I don't know. It's just whatever. It's fine. So then uh, they go to bed and uh, James and Moira, Sully and Johnny and Connor and Mackenzie all have some under the blankets action. So I think it's fair to say Connor and Mackenzie have had their official first kiss. Finally. Mm-hmm. Happy for them. I uh, <laughs> like, could not. Yeah. It's just so weird to see people getting physical in 2020. Like, it's just like to me, I'm like, oh, what? I know I've said it yeah. multiple times, but it's just so weird to see. Uh, no, it it is. It's it's been months and months of uh, us being like, stay away from me. Even if like your family, I can't even come near you. Uh, you know, I, I can't give you a hug, let alone finding uh, somebody that you just met four days ago and ending up in a bed with them. And yeah, but hey, uh, testing and they're doing it and they're they're doing it. They're doing it indeed. <laughs> They are doing it. Um, so we get 
James and Moira having a conversation where Moira wants to take it slow, doesn't want to feel pressured. Um, there's, you know, too many people in the room for getting too physical. Uh, and James is like, yeah, I, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I feel like he does want to keep going at a faster pace. That's the vibe I got. What about you, Skelly? Yeah, very much this. I mean, it is interesting because Moira's the one in her intro package at the beginning, you know, of the premiere was talking about how when she finds a guy she likes, it's like, all right, let's make out. Let's get married. Let's have kids. So uh, it's not surprising to see her now like second guessing that. But it's also not surprising to have uh, found herself in this situation in the first place. Uh, I am surprised that James, because I didn't get that vibe immediately right from him, but it seems like he is even more so like we're already here, so we may as well, you know, stick around. But it seems pretty obvious that uh, Moira says she wants to hold back on his big personality. His big personality. <laughs> yes. Uh, another thing, too, I feel like the voiceovers were not uh, super strong in the second half of the week. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm going to, you know, give they're warming up, which is fine. But like I said, we do dwell on the big personality for a moment. This is where, especially on Love Island 6, uh, they came up with like code to talk about different things. And the show just blatantly showed like this code means this. This means this. So then like they were able to discuss things pretty openly and get around censors. I feel like maybe CBS could, uh, you know, nudge them in that direction if they want to make it uh you know spicier quote unquote while still CBS getting wants. around okay while getting around the censors is what i mean where like okay if you're talking about someone's personality like that's not getting flagged up and i think cbs is much more okay with putting that on air okay fair enough fair enough um, we, should, we should talk in code <laughs> okay uh so do you have any ideas for this the start of this code no, I just think it'd be fun. Okay. Uh, uh well, <laughs> how about if anybody has any ideas for the the Love Island wrap up code? Send it to us on Twitter and we'll, and we'll see what we can do about integrating it moving forward. Yeah, and even if it's not on the podcast, you guys can just talk with the listeners of the podcast in code on social media and then if you know, you know, and otherwise we we'll need you. Yeah, 100%. That's we do need to do that. Great call. Mhm. Mm um, I, where I don't, I don't even know. Connor and James have like a bromance scene, and as it was happening, I clocked. I was like, I feel like Scally will probably like this, but how do, how does this bromance match up to some of your favorite Love Island UK bromances? I mean, it's no Chris and Kim, that's for sure. They're not in matching uh, outfits is... yet. No, that please. They like I don't need a show from Connor and James following their lot. Like no, but yeah, I you know I do appreciate the bromances and like any like female friendships that are on the show. Like that is exactly uh, what I because. I don't need it to be all relationship, but give me their personalities. So was definitely encouraged to see that some are building and that they're willing to highlight them. But, uh, yeah, a little to be like desired with this one so far. Are, are there any pairs of men in the house that you would prefer to see in a bromance? Hmm. Like what's the ideal? 
Um, I would, you know, I don't know how any of them are going to click right away, but I would say Connor and Johnny are currently my favorites, but I am open to a, any number of bromances. So let's please put more on screen. Much like Caitlin with Trey, you want to talk to other people, but you're totally fine to get to know them. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so we have Kate. One thing too that uh, strikes me about Caitlin that I haven't mentioned yet: the way that she talks reminds me so deeply of Olivia from Big Brother Canada Six. Just like the- yeah, I thought she was from Canada for a brief second. Um, she's from Michigan, but I fully heard some uh, some Canadian accent in there. Well, I think it's just like the Midwest and Canada have like a similar situation. That must That's be funny because really, her voice reminded me of Kayla from the challenge. <laughs> so interesting Kayla's that a lot challenge. of people get brought up. But hmm. yeah, there was just points where like I think I was like looking down and I was like, whoa. But yeah, I don't know. It interesting that Caitlin has so many voice twins. Yeah. Must be nice. Uh so like she's talking about how like the theme of her life is not getting chosen. She feels like Justine is getting chosen. Uh and James and Moira are like, what would we do without Caitlin? She's our best friend. Uh, which I guess is true, but we haven't really seen too much of that friendship, which you know makes sense with how everything pans out, but yeah, and I also love about this show that, like, with uh, whether it's this specific group, like Caitlin in specific or anybody else, like, you just, oh, it's so funny to see, like, a group of hot people, and there's always going to be someone that gets left out and turned down and not in a couple, and then eventually gets sent home. And, like, you know, it's, you kind of have that feeling, like, is this the first time in your life you've ever been this turned down, like, publicly in front of, a, like, all these people, and you didn't click with any of them? Like, like it's uh, that's such an interesting dynamic about Love Island that I feel like I mean it's probably somewhat similar in like a Bachelor in Paradise kind of show, uh, but it's it's kind of uh, you know I don't know it's it's it always catches my attention. I feel like I would very much end up being like the third wheel person in this type of scenario, so I really relate to Caitlin. Oh, uh. see. I feel like usually we get the people who are like you were saying, like these are the people who are not used to being rejected. So it was interesting to see Caitlin be like, Oh, this is like so common for me. Like, is it okay? Um, interesting. But I, you know, Caitlin was a fun character. I think she would have been fun to have stick around. I believe she has like a million followers on Instagram. So I can't imagine the show is too thrilled to lose her either either. But uh, yeah, definitely. So, Surprising. The other thing was I liked uh, where you've highlighted that they said, like, what are we going to do without Caitlin here? I did not know if they said that uh, after she left and like they cut it in. But the way that it looked was that she was sitting there and they were like, oh, she's definitely going home. Yeah. What are we going to do without her? <laughs> like, uh, don't say that to her face, guys. I, yeah. And I think it might have been a Franken. Bit. Yeah, I think so too. But it was just so like, oh, that would have been so rough if she's sitting right there and like you don't even address her. Like, well, what are we going to do without you here? It's like, what are we going to do without you know the girl who's sitting right across from us when she definitely leaves tomorrow? That's so awkward. Oh my god. Wait, and- Caitlin, Caitlin, you're saying she has a million followers? That's, That's what, what I heard. Someone tweeted that at us. Let me let's let's pull her up on Instagram. What's her last name? Anderson. Because I'm looking up a Caitlin Anderson, and the only profile I see, which does appear to be her, has 723 followers and is not even followed by Love Island, but I'm confused. 
I don't know. I definitely read on the um, on the subreddit that she had a ton of followers. So I think that uh, if that is the case, they definitely would not be thrilled. Yeah, it looks yeah, like I the I found her. Well, no, the account the account with the um seven twenty three has Caitlin spelled wrong in the username. Maybe that's the only name she could get. What's the <laughs> What's the she app that you found? Caitlin with two N's, don't forget, J Anderson, where she has a million followers and only follows 559. So oh, great I ratio, found Caitlin. What a uh, skinny ratio. Right? Well, that's that's, that's weird. Why would she not have her name up there? Like Caitlin Jean? I'm not looking up Caitlin Jean. I <laughs> Yeah, and so the person someone has taken her username and just spelt Caitlin with one N and has Caitlin jay anderson and that has account has like 700 followers and then caitlin in jay anderson has a million followers yeah so hey million followers she didn't leave the show with nothing uh, i don't know how she has those followers coming into the show already but mm, hey, good for her look look up and down her timeline you'll figure it out <laughs> i think that uh, part of it is that she is very attractive um and part of it is probably um purchasing them no yeah <laughs> That's what I always think when someone has like a crazy amount of followers and no actual explanation for it. Um, but I don't know. It's hard when you can't see how many likes pictures get anymore. It's hard to tell if people have bought their uh, followers or not. I still me. have likes. I on, still on can here. Yeah. I don't know what Instagram version you're using. Well, but... in Canada, it's fully gone. Oh, I, here. Let's see. Let's I take a sampling. Well, must be 14, nice. 14,000 likes. 16,000 likes. So at least she's getting like decent numbers. I don't know if it translates to a million yeah, followers. Yeah, the ratio is not phenomenal. No, not great engagement, they would say. Like, I feel like a normal 40, engagement level would be like 10%-ish of your following liking any individual picture. Hmm, interesting. Good to know. <laughs> I'm suspicious of this, but it's fine. Uh, I thought it was really interesting how Connor and Mackenzie are like pushing for Justine but James and Moira are pushing for Caitlin uh, and Mackenzie like fully calls out that he hasn't made as much of an effort physically with Justine and I, I was I thought that was interesting did you guys clock anything with the Connor Mackenzie situation um, yeah it definitely called back to when Justine and Mackenzie like had a moment sitting at like the makeup tables and Justine was like feeling a little insecure because there was no one there for her uh, and in terms of like getting less physical I, I don't know I think that probably was what we were shown on the episode but a lot of the discussion this week felt a little icky to me where everyone is talking about how like, well, they would be like, oh, are you into Caitlin? And it would be like, uh, every girl here is so attract. And I feel like it was very much like, well, obviously you'd want to like hook up with Caitlin, but like, do what about like Justine? And it was like, this feels not great. Um, I don't love how like everyone in the villa is because like Justine is gorgeous and like as is every person in the villa, but it just felt super like I don't know, it didn't feel good. And I really am 
tired of seeing like specifically black women struggle to find someone, whether it be on Love Island, on Bachelor in Paradise, on like any other show. Like they need to do a better job in casting of making sure that people are like open to dating anyone that's on the show. And that is something that I feel like is a definite trend and needs to be like highlighted. Yeah, a hundred percent. I it felt like, especially, I think, in the first two episodes, even more so, it was just the way that people were treating Justine fell off and it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, her Love Island journey is a little bit more positive moving on from here. Yeah, I just want to see. Uh, I don't know whether these next two guys will be Justine's cup of tea, and the fact that neither of them invited her on a date doesn't seem like things are going to go uh, immaculately for her here. But I am big time rooting for her. Want her to find someone that is a good match. If that is Trey, awesome. But it just the converse again. The conversation of being always like, well, obviously Caitlyn's very attractive, and <laughs> it's like they're both extremely attractive. I, like I, well, stop. Like they're both very attractive, and. Uh, like just like I don't want to get into like ranking physical attractiveness because obviously like everyone has very different priorities but like to me Justine like right from the start was one of the most like stunning people in the cast so it's just strange to me the the way that it's it's discussed on the show yeah but again everyone on the show is hot they don't cast ugly people for Love Island At the very least, I feel like they have uh, from from the edited episodes. I feel like I'm getting the sense that the uh, the Love Island producers or whoever have like an interest in Justine. And I feel like if she's able to, because I don't know how these guys are gonna, the two new guys are gonna end up mixing with her. Like you said, neither of them asked her on a date. But uh, I feel like if she's able to stick around further, uh, maybe they'll be able to find somebody that like you know. Because I'm pretty sure that before the show, they all give like descriptions of like their perfect uh, guy or girl. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's a thing. So if they haven't put in somebody that exactly fits Justine's description of like her perfect man just yet, um, I feel like she's somebody that they would want to have matched up by you know two weeks from now with like her ideal guy so if he's out there if he's being quarantined uh right now i i hope and i'm guessing that they'll try to get him in there well and the other thing too that's really nice is that the next uh recoupling will be you know women's choice so we know that justine will be fine i'm assuming that uh she will probably end up just sticking with trey um but i do actually think that there could be something there so it's possible that that would grow and then they would just be like a couple from the start that had a little bit of a rocky beginning and i would be Mm -hmm. i i think they would be a, a pretty rootable couple yeah, and that would be great. And it's very possible also that in the interest of setting up some drama that they wanted to edit it to like, this is why he could pick one person and this is why he could pick the other. And like, it's a, an easier storyline, I guess, but it feels a little irresponsible. And uh, like, I, yeah, I hope that that is not the case in the house because I think, like you said, they could be a solid couple and I would be rooting for them. Yeah, I'm hoping that it's it's some manufactured drama there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we move into episode four, which I would like to point out in the premiere or in the second episode, they talk about the dramatic recoupling that's going to happen on Thursday. And I think we all thought that meant the Thursday episode, not mm-hmm. physically on Thursday and therefore on the Friday episode. And so that was uh, pretty annoying to not really get any resolution in the Thursday night episode. But it kind of yeah. leaves things to be pretty resolved moving into the weekend. And then on Sunday, we'll 
We'll start fresh. Um, so yeah, having having the recoupling at the end of an episode is always superior than having it at the beginning. It's like the same thing, like go back going back to the challenge where you have an elimination at the end versus like you know just so start off the next episode. Like you want to have resolution at the end of the episode, and there's not. It's not like I'm not going to watch the next one. Like I want to see how things like how the fallout is from saying goodbye to this person. Like I'm still invested, but they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, and in this episode, the the recoupling happened at like the thirty minute mark of the episode, uh, and I, yeah. I it was a really weird vibe for the schedule of the show. I would have much rather had the recoupling at the end of the Thursday night episode, and then had the Friday episode be more about the dynamic with the new guys coming in. But maybe that's just you know me. I don't. No, know. I agree. They drew. They they yeah. let that draw. They really drew that out. Like. Like you said, it was like halfway through the episode that they were doing it, maybe like 40 minutes in that they were done and sending the uh, eliminated person on her way. Yeah, I think it's something like we said earlier where uh, we as Americans um, <laughs> end up watching on or Canadians. Whoop. Yeah, how dare you? Don't call me like, an American. Yeah, no, I agree. I was like, eh. don't call me an American either. But I mean, we're yeah. all American in the sense of like living <laughs> in North America. America. Yes. As people that don't live in the UK, um, we end up watching, you know, the UK version on a delay and it's in a binge. And so I feel like having the um, the recoupling in the middle of an episode is not uncommon there. It's just that it happens to be like one more in the week of episodes that we're watching or the season of episodes. So I agree that it's a little like not great, but uh, as I, we've said that this show does pretty well on streaming, it seems like. So I think that they are more were like not more, but at least, you know, cognizant of how that is going to come out for the season as a whole, rather than on an episode to episode basis. Mm-hmm. A fair point about the TV industry, but I'm still annoyed. <laughs> um, so we get even more workout stuff in this episode because Trey thinks that he can chest press with a girl on each side of the bar. My God. Uh, yeah. And so it was Kirsten and who did he lift? It was Sally. I think Sally. Sally. I watched this an hour ago. And I'm like, who was it? Um, How early were you up? <laughs> I woke up at like, I don't know, 630. Oof. I, I was planning to sleep until seven and then I woke up before my alarm and then just watch the episode. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he lifts them, but like not really because they're also being like balanced by other men, which is the safe, the safe way to do that. I guess if there is a safe way to balance someone on a on a bar uh i I don't know again something that we didn't really need to see but they showed it anyways uh and then johnny and jeremiah are uh writing a song together what what did you guys think of johnny and jeremiah's song uh well they can work on it matt hoffman Hoffman (laughs) said the r&b stands for really and bad which i think was a little bit rude i think it was better than that yeah i think for like you know people singing and or like uh, writing songs on a show i feel like it was better than uh the usual standards so it's like think about bryce on too hot to handle playing the piano and singing Uh his original song yeah that or like the most famous of um 
whatever his name was started with a K on um, the bachelorette singing like a super or no, maybe didn't start with a K, but that guy singing <laughs> uh, Casey singing a super embarrassing song on the bachelorette. Like these can be really, 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 really cringeworthy. So I thought that, you know, a fun scene that I enjoyed another bromance popping up. So that could be another one on the radar, but you know, I think fine. I would rank Johnny and Jeremiah above James and Connor so far. That's fair. I think that's. I think we fine. we should keep a running ranking of the bromances, not I, the relationships, just the bromances. <laughs> exactly. Please, on brand. We're good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. There's more James and Moira like talking about how they're moving too fast slash not fast enough. And James really wants to make sure that Moira gets intimate and it's so like they're so weird. Yeah, this couple's not lasting. Like I, I mean, thought they were I gonna think, be locked in. You thought that yeah, it, it was easy to see them like linking up. They obviously had a bit of a connection early on, but I think uh that James is one of those guys and uh, kind of similar to Carrington where I'm like, Yeah, you get to know him a little bit more, his personality starts to, you know, shine a little bit more because you come into the place and you wanna, you know, be the coolest, most uh, you know, like chill guy that you could be the be- that version of yourself but then like as he starts to be like yeah so we've been together for like three days like we should probably you know like sleep together at this point right Mm -hmm. and she's like uh i mean like we could have that conversation but you're like ready to go and i'm not there yet yeah i i did not love james here uh it feels like he was doing the right things at the beginning with like, of course, I want to make sure you're comfortable. I want to make sure like this. And like, that was all good. But he's like, well, like, I want to make sure you want to get there in here. Right. Like, like, I I feel like like James is one of those guys that's like, well, but I was nice to you for a day and a half. Won't we be having the sex now? Can I, (laughs) if I'm nice enough to you, won't one sex happen, please? (laughs) <laughs> like, can I have a crumb of sex? Uh, Please, enough, James. Enough. This is what I'm talking about. Anyone who's like, he's only just spent 150 hours getting tattooed for that art, but he's not willing to wait a little bit longer to uh, be physically intimate. Maybe that just trash. all goes back to the quarantine of it all. Everybody thinks that they're uh, getting into the house and ready to get it on, and uh, he's being told no, and he's like. I was waiting five months to come here and no. He's like, I've been respectful <laughs> for three days. Three whole days. Isn't it I time? have been patient with you and and I have let us go at the pace that you want to, but I really think you should consider it. And she's like, I'm not not considering it. Like I'm like, you know, I'm not saying no, but like like the more that he pushes like the more she's being Mm -hmm. turned off from him in the first place so uh he's doing this to himself yeah 100 percent. it's so gross uh james needs to not uh and that's i get that's that on that basically yeah i mean when moira like she has a scene with like Mackenzie and caitlin where she's talking about them and she even says like yeah we have like a good conversation and then when it ends like it ends awkwardly and that's because like he like we said james is like yeah of course i want to go as comfortable as you go and then he ends the conversation like all right bye but later right like no you don't end it like that bud (laughs) like stop you were good like just end the conversation you know a minute earlier and maybe this would be going differently 
Yeah, he's definitely doing some self-sabotage and it is uh, not cute. And yeah, it's they're having the same conversation over and over. And that's already happening on day four. Like, I I don't have faith in this as a long-term relationship. No, not at all. No, I mean, no. I, I don't know uh, that James, like, I don't even know. I was going to say that I feel like Moira obviously seemed like she was the one that was like pulling away from the relationship and ready to move on. But like, I feel like James is also going to just get annoyed if he, you know, is starting to pick up on the fact that she may be pulling away and then he's going to do that move where it's like, well, I'm going to get out of this before you tell me that you want to break up with me. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this, like, I don't know. I, I like not to like put this on them, but I was like, in case it's not going to go there, but I was like, this could end ugly, like between these two, like this could end with like some bad blood. I could. I could yeah. absolutely see this being one of those couples where like they both want to break up, but neither of them wants to actually make that decision. So they're both trying to get the other to break up with them. Mm. It feels like a weird move on Love Island. Like I don't like, like sent yeah. home very easily. Yeah, like maybe that's not what's <laughs> going to happen in the course of the show. But I think if this was a relationship out in the real world, I could see sure. it ending like that. Yeah, right. I feel like James is uh, going to end up doing a real good job of getting himself sent home in week two. Well, so and like they because we we saw or we said like these two were doing something in the bed already right like we saw they talked about the right couple yeah they they said they yes they they were just second base exactly okay yeah so that's the thing like uh, this uh, i think i was saying that uh, as well earlier like when couples start to do some stuff they call it bits right in the uh, uk version when when they start to do some bits in the bed uh they you know i think the pressure starts to intensify and they really feel like you know the relationship is kind of moving forward obviously for specific reasons um but you really have to like handle that with care going forward for both ends like you have to see how each other is feeling after that happened and moira was obviously like okay let's take it slow like i don't know if i was ready to completely do all that just yet but when james is like wanting more and Moira is like trying to not want less, but just, you know, it, it's just, it, it's uh, pretty clear that these two are uh, not in paradise in the way that they might've been a couple days prior. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's when you're having conversations with a partner about physical intimacy, uh, it's really important that you are able to get on the same page. And when one person is like, Hey, let's slow down. And the other is like, let's, hit the gas like i i want to do more it's it's just a really tough thing to navigate and then you add the additional pressure of being on tv and it's been three days like uh, i think it's it's doomed for failure which is kind of sad because i thought they were going to be a a sweet couple yeah and i think that is a big part that he either doesn't seem to be factoring in or doesn't seem to care where she's like there's a lot of people in the room and i think even more than that uh there's a lot of eyes outside of the room that are watching the room so i think that seems to be a big factor for her and why moira wants to slow down and james just seemed to be like yeah, but who cares like what are you what are you talking about <laughs> like let's go so yeah not great yeah not good uh, then we move into, you know, more of the core conflict of these two episodes with Trey and Justine, uh, you know, and Trey and Caitlin. And so Trey talks to Justine and they have what I thought was a really sweet conversation about, you know, they actually kind of do have a connection. They could be good for the long term. Um, It felt a lot more settled than the conversations that Trey and Caitlin were having. Uh, and then it's followed up again with Trey and Caitlin and Caitlin's really noncommittal. Uh, so it's no wonder that it doesn't really go her way 
uh, again. She's so awkward. <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, obviously, you know, uh, we would uh, get to know each other, but I would be down to get to know other people. Uh, and obviously, like, if you're with Justine, you guys will still both also get to know other people. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think Caitlin trying to assume what the Justine trade connection is, uh, really did not help her chances. Nope. Uh, when your biggest or one of your biggest arguments is we would have fun and challenges like uh, no one cares. Like, goodbye, Caitlin. <laughs> like you just sent your home with that line alone. So like not a great one there. Definitely did not make Trey feel comfortable about her moving forward. And I feel like uh, if it wasn't already decided that kind of, you know, put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, yes. like the way that she comes up to, or not she, uh, Trey comes up to both of them. And uh, what Justine w- was saying was, yeah, no, I really feel like there could be a connection here. I really feel like, you know, we could be, uh, do uh, like something could come from this. I don't know. Like, I, I like you, you know, I think, you know, whatever. Uh, and then he goes to Caitlin and it's been essentially like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, of course. Of course. I would want to be in a couple with you. Of course. Like <laughs> very big difference there. Yeah, and then they show a conversation between Trey and Johnny that I was actually really surprised that they showed prior to the recoupling uh, because basically it shows him making the decision that he would choose Justine because he thinks that she would be there to catch him if he fell um, and Caitlin would go for a new guy. Were you guys surprised to see that uh, segment? Uh, I feel like it was a little more balanced because he does talk about like, and this is where I feel like it was heavily implied of like Caitlin versus Justine, where he was like, I want to share a bed with someone that I want to cuddle with. And then like, it would like flash to Caitlin. And I was like, so uh, I feel like they were trying to make it seem that way. But like you said, like there were just too many arguments for why he should be picking Justine. Yeah. It just felt so obvious to me that that's where he would go. Uh, and so I, I thought that that was a weird segment but yeah, finally I think I sorry well, no, 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 I ahead, did Matt. appreciate I was just going to say I felt like the edit was kind of pointing us towards uh, where it was going to end up going anyway uh, you know not much of not much that they have to like foreshadow in the edit anyway but I kind of felt like I was being set up to understand why he was making the decision he was going to make okay. Okay. yeah I don't know it was what it was. And I appreciated uh, when the scene of the quick little thing of Trey, uh, you know, introducing Justine to the phrase dead ass as a New Yorker. And, uh, you know, like we said, doing bits and other uh, phrases are very common on the UK. So I don't know that dead ass is going to stick, but let's get some more slang coming in in Love Island. Let's make it more fun. And, you know, they can talk in code or slang and I'll be a little happier. Is deadass a New York thing? I mean, Trey at least seems to think so. I thought it was just a thing. I've definitely heard it described before as a, I don't know if it's New York specific, this area, like this region specific, but I feel like I've heard it described that way before. Yeah, same. I, well, obviously, I'm, hang, I'm talking with too many New York <laughs> area people because I just thought it was a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you definitely talk to a lot of people from New York. That's that's for sure. Mm, I don't know about that. Probably like hardly anyone. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. OK, so we finally get our first recoupling of the season. Four episodes in. It's been a long time. Uh, and we'll just run through this quickly for the couples. Uh, so Connor, unsurprisingly, goes first and picks Mackenzie, calls her a teddy bear that he wants to tuck into bed. I thought it was gross. 
<laughs> um, like just there's no other teddy bear that I would want to tuck into bed. Like, ugh. excuse me, yeah. I have to go throw up. Um, Carrington was like, "Hey, that's my teddy bear." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Johnny, I thought was really sweet talking about how Sally makes him want to be a better man, and they're I just think they're a sweet little couple. Uh, Carrington had like a very interesting speech about Kirsten about how she's so gorgeous and confident and motivated and like brings out new things in him. And I feel like that does not reflect what we've seen of their relationship whatsoever. Yeah. I think it wasn't she the one that like she sat down with him and she was like, that was a great speech. I think a lot of them said that actually, but uh, she seemed like really into what he had to say. He was like so excited for their future together. I'm like, you guys have known each other for like two days, but uh, go ahead. And I uh, also, I have like five times in my notes. I'm seeing that I called him Clarington. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's incredible. In case, in case he gets really annoying and you want to just call him that instead. Okay. Clarington. It's good to have a backup. That yeah. could be part of the code for the podcast listeners. Um, I have it both. I have Clarington here, Carrington later on. I went back and forth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we have Jeremiah talking about his instant connection and picking Rachel, uh, James uh, wanting that, wanting her to be more open with him and um, they'll take their time choosing Moira. And then we get to the uh, final one, Trey choosing between Justine and Caitlin. Uh, and he talks about how he doesn't normally open up. He wants to do that here. Uh, and he picks Justine. Uh, it was so weird. Caitlin being like, well, this isn't awkward at all was just, I think, the perfect way to end this awkward recoupling. Uh, did anything jump out about these like newly shuffled couples? Uh, was there anything surprising? Anything like that? No, I feel like it was pretty much as expected. Uh, like we said, like with Carrington being like, oh, like I open up and she just get, I can like imagine Carrington being like, and so like, that's what happened to me in like kindergarten. And that's why I feel this way. And her being like, cool. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like, that was what I was surprised about. I didn't feel like we saw anything there, but otherwise it was pretty expected. Yeah. And this is still early on. So, you know, if anyone out there is watching Love Island for the first time and you're like, hmm, this seems like it's not going to get that too exciting. Uh, as we see throughout the end of the episode, new people coming in definitely helps to change the dynamic. So uh, this felt pretty on par for an early coupling up. Uh, actually, I don't know. I feel like maybe there was more of uh, in this specific recoupling of like people that seemed to genuinely be into the person they were coupling up with. I feel like early on, tend, you, you tend to have a lot more of like friend couples than there are here. So I was, I guess, a little bit surprised to see that like almost every couple across the board was like, oh, no, I'm really vibing with this person. That's why I want to couple up with them. Um, but either way, point stands that like as more people start to come in and things start to get a little bit messier with, you know, multiple connections being had from people to people. That's uh, that's definitely where things start to get good. Yeah. And I feel like with everyone, you know, seeming like they're already vibing so well, uh, it'll make it more dramatic when the new people mm -hmm. are coming in. Uh and so, again, I really wish that that had been the end of the Thursday episode so that the Friday episode could be more focused on these new guys coming in. But uh, Kirsten and Moira get texts that they are going on a date and they're going to meet new guys. And James was so mad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he was mm -hmm. like, 
uh, this would change everything if she considered a new guy, if she like even thinks about another guy, everything she said is a lie and it's horrible and like she would be bad. And I just like James to me, like obviously he's physically a very attractive person, but like to me, these two episodes made me turn and think of James as like a very ugly person. I mean, you said on the preview that you thought he was potentially the most attractive guy, and that means there were red flags galore. So I feel like maybe some of those are starting to show. And, you know, James was uh, not so great here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, If anyone was wondering, it is true. If I think someone is hot, they are made of red flags. Uh, It was so gross. (laughs) Like, I just hated it. And then Carrington was like, you know what? It's fine. Like, she's super into me. It'll be fine, uh, which I think is a lot healthier way to approach it, especially like they're in this game. They know that there's going to be reshufflings like this. Like, I don't know. So we meet the new guys. So we have uh, Caleb, who is 24 from Oklahoma City. Uh, He says he's fun. uh, Geeky looks good, too. I feel like those are all just buzzwords and we we don't know him at all. Uh, and then we meet uh, Calvin, who is 25 from Houston, and he's a former bug spray salesman. And uh, I got a, a message from friend of the pod, Bryce, uh, last night where he was like, this is a five-year-old. He is dressed to go to t-ball practice. Like, why is this person on my TV screen? Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was like pumping himself up. I don't know if this was... I was watching uh, the... Uh, Love Island's like Instagram story this morning and it was like a recap of things that happened. I was like, oh, this is helpful. Um, and then they got to like uh, meeting Caleb and Calvin and Calvin was talking about, he's like, oh yeah, everyone loves my abs, like lifting his shirt up. And I'm like, you have nothing else going to you yeah. uh, besides <laughs> besides these, because he calls himself a, a nine out of ten, a full a full course like six, yeah, six course meal, meal, whatever. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering, is Calvin our, you know, Texas A&M representative for Love Island? <laughs> That's possible. I mean, like you said, he says he's a six course meal. I was like, oh, buddy, you're like a little amuse bouche. Like it was not much there. So I am uh, excited to see people who think highly of themselves because usually that leads to either like them being very willing to mix it up or them getting shot down really hard. So usually that leads to a good outcome either way. Scally said, I want to see Calvin suffer. (laughs) I'm down for either option. I feel like there could be tension between Carrington and Calvin when they get back to the uh, to the villa together, because I feel like they have a similar kind of personality. And I feel like that could clash if they are uh, relatively interested in maybe the same women. Very, very true. I do think that next week is going to be um, more exciting for the new additions that we got. Uh, So (laughs) Caleb asked Kirsten out on a date, talks about how she's so beautiful. like they try to talk about what's going on and he's like no that's the past let's move forward uh she says she's happy with Carrington, but we'll keep her options open uh what what do we think about the caleb kirsten connection 
I just can't deal with these dates in the middle of a casino, like compared to uh, what we're used to of like, they go off to like a nice beach setting or somewhere by the water, somewhere like a really nice open field of something. And now we're in the middle of a casino and I'm like, yeah, no, it's fine. I get it. I get what the times we're living in, but it's still hard to like not notice the lights and everything. All of it. It's weird. Well, and speaking of casinos, this podcast is brought to you by Caesar's palace. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That happened. Like they literally just have ad spots in the middle of the episode uh, for their filming in Vegas, which I thought was wild. But yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. really weird seeing them because the villa they've made looks so much like a normal Love Island villa. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they go on a date and you're like, oh my God, no, they're just in Vegas. Yeah, I forget because I mean, even like on UK, it's like, okay, we're going to go on a date and they joke about like, oh, this is actually the driveway of the villa. But I'm always like, wow, what a beautiful driveway. <laughs> but now it's like, <laughs> like driveway is nicer than like my backyard, but <laughs> like, easy. which is also but, like how I can't believe they're doing Casa more this year. Cause like where are they going? I guess like, they just they, have anywhere to go. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be like a hotel suite, maybe. Um, uh-huh. But like, it's so weird to be like, oh, yeah, here's the date. It's next to the slot machines. Um, <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just wild. That's a, a great call. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do feel like I saw more chemistry here where I thought like Kirsten was really like joking around and like open where, you know, Carrington says they open up, but we haven't seen that. Uh, but she at least, you know, is saying like, I am very, very, very happy with Carrington. So maybe she's just not into Caleb, but it doesn't it's kind of seemed like things were going better here for me. Yeah, it, it's. I don't feel like we have a good sense of the Carrington Kirsten relationship. Like they, I don't think they're showing it accurately enough for us to really get a read. And if they are like as committed as it's starting to seem like, then they're putting them at a big disadvantage for the public votes coming up. Um, we also get so Calvin and Moira also go on a date, and the, it seems like the conversation is really wrote like revolving around Moira being older than him. Uh <laughs> which I like how old is Moira? Isn't she like twenty seven? I think she's twenty eight, but like she's yeah, exactly what you want to hear on a date is like, yeah, like I'm totally cool that you're old. <laughs> like, oh stop, don't bring it up. <laughs> like it's just so strange. I like the whole date was weird, but then Moira seemed like she was into it. I'm um, talking about how her and James had agreed not to let their eyes wander, but like maybe she's peeking a little bit. He's so cute. It's going to be hard. Uh, and I, I have to think that, you know, James really sabotaged himself to make this even a possibility. Oh yeah. Like the way that he was, you know, the way that everything had just played out, what we were talking about earlier, just uh, if her eyes were not going to be opened, like, that would have been reliant on him treating her or just treating that conversation a little bit better and with more care earlier, but the way that it all played out and now she's going on a date, she's like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give him some more, some attention. Like I'm not locked in on James as much as I might've been like a day or two ago. So yeah, I don't know if I see this being the right match, uh, Calvin and Moira here, but I think, uh, you know, if, if it's anybody but James and she wants to, you know, explore her other options, I I'm fine with it. Go ahead. 
Yeah, it remains to be seen if this is just Moira when she is, you know, on in a date setting or like speaking to someone in a flirty manner or if Moira is actually interested in Calvin specifically because uh, she seems to be clicking with Calvin, you know, just as quick as she was clicking with James. So I definitely think there is potential here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could definitely be cute and uh, James will be absolutely livid. So will be interesting to see how that toxic masculinity affects the episodes moving forward. Uh, then uh, the guys get another text that they get another hour of daytime, but they can choose a new woman to go on a date with. So first, Rachel gets a text that she has been asked out by Caleb. So she is getting ready to go. And then Carrington gets a text that says, no need to wait up. I'm taking your girl on a date. Okay, but can we talk about how when Carrington got a text, I was like, wait a second. What show is this? <laughs> yeah, I, had the, same, no I had the same thing where I was like, oh, my God, are they going to show something a little bit different than the, you know, heteronormative crap that they normally uh, throw at us? Uh, but no, it was Imagine. just... It was just weird bro energy in the end. Yeah, yeah. it was just like, it, it was so awkward. I mean, because like we saw how like annoyed obviously Carrington was when he got that text and that was obviously like meant to extremely like stir the pot and get him all pissed off for this new guy coming in and uh, taking, you know, now uh, now Kirsten's off on a date with two new guys rather than just one. So that you know makes it even worse for him. But for that brief second when his phone went off and I was like, is he about to get asked on a date by Cal- what I it could have been a turn for the better. It really did have the initial thought of like, are we about to get like a frat boy romance here? But that did not happen. Uh, If Calvin did in fact send this text and it wasn't production ready to stand, but I don't know that it was necessarily. Um, I will be here for the frat boy rivalry though. That seems to uh, be ready to form. So excited to see where that goes next episode. Mm -hmm. What a dream for all of us. Uh, so that, you know, wraps up the two episodes. Um, we do have a little bit of uh, outside gossip that we need love to gossip. address. We, we we on the Love Island wrap up love gossip. Uh, so a TikTok came out uh, either yesterday or Thursday of a woman talking about how her boyfriend left her two weeks ago. And he is now on Love Island. And that is Johnny. Yeah, seemed to uh, blow up. First of all, thank anyone who tagged me and Kirsten in this. Yeah, I think uh, Taylor uh, Martina was the first one to send it. Yes, and like I was going to say, gossip is my love language, so I appreciate it very much. Um, I definitely saw, you know, it started to pick up steam where a lot of people were talking about like, oh my God, Johnny had a fiance when he went into the house. Uh, Seems to have been debunked a little bit there. Uh, He told uh, someone he was at least speaking to only like a week before going on the show that he was going on and they had staged like an engagement prank. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be all that it was cracked up to be, but definitely interesting that he was speaking to someone so recently before going on. Yes. And the, the woman involved did uh, post a clarifying TikTok that they were never actually engaged. Not a TikTok. Jeez. I know this is where we're at. <laughs> it's 2020 and we're getting our updates on TikTok. 
Yeah, I was I mean, like, oh, Instagram, no, TikTok. <laughs> well, you got to post your tweets to Instagram and your Instagrams to TikTok and your TikToks to Twitter or else you don't even know what you're doing. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> it's like rock, paper, scissors. Uh, are you guys ready? We got some questions from the audience. You ready to jump in? I was just going to say with the fiance, I know people were saying that um, in seasons one and two of Love Island UK, I believe they brought on someone's ex as one of the Islanders and people have floated that. Uh, the thing is that she would have to go through testing and quarantining, I'm assuming. So the soonest we would see her is probably in like three weeks. So I'm not so sure they're going to do that. I Honestly, but- though, I think they might because I did see a tweet where they are still like recruiting people for the show they don't have everybody who's going to be on already quarantined i believe there also was something where love island put like updated their bio and was like oh like we see all of the like something and tiktoks and people were like oh this is about johnny's fiance and they responded i don't remember if it was like the eyes looking emoji or something so don't know if that means that she is any more likely to end up on the show but i definitely think it couldn't hurt I mean, it means that Love Island is just as messy as we are, which is why we love it so much. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have some questions. So on Twitter, Sperm Whale Army asks, is making breakfast for someone oh. really that impressive when all you have to do all day is work out and tan? Isn't there more you could do? I'll go with no. Um well yeah no no it's not that impressive I think there were two questions there uh yeah no when you have nothing to do in the villa but work out tan eat chill talk it's like yeah that's not the most impressive yeah like set up a little date of your own do do mm-hmm. more do do better I feel like this is such a big thing on the UK version uh, where people are like, oh, my God, he brought me breakfast. And so uh, while usually the women are doing their makeup, the guys are cooking breakfast, which I think is like the only meal they're responsible for. So it's not like they can do that much else. And uh, if you know your, uh, you know, partners uh, the breakfast meant uh, order probably better whereas like if you show up with like some runny eggs on like you know a piece of like white bread not probably going to go over as well as some like nice avocado toast that i think would uh probably be a lot of these people's preference so it all depends there 100 percent. okay uh mel holst wants to know is jeremiah and johnny's song a bop that slaps where do where do we land on their song? Mm. Would not go that far. Maybe a bop doesn't slap. A bop I'll wait for the Glee slap. cover. <laughs> I'll wait for the Will from America cover. <laughs> um, yeah, one or the other. She also wanted to know if we should all try pooping on the side of the road to endear ourselves to our partners. I, yeah, think- I just got a bidet, so I'm not down for any outside <laughs> adventures. I think, uh, you know, Mel... Talk to your husband and see if that's what he wants. Like we don't, we if, can't decide that for you. If you want to attract specifically James, which I advise against, but that is probably the move in that case. Ugh, James is the worst. I think the result is we all should get bidets now. Uh, <laughs> so then, at Rob Sports has a, water. <laughs> a spritz of water. Uh, so at Rob has a fanboy wants to know who do we think would be good on the challenge from this cast so far. Ugh, well, I already talked about Clarington. Uh, <laughs> Clarington! <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we already talked about that guy. Uh, he's he's quitting the show on day one because it's too hard and Wes is being too mean to me. Um, but hmm, I don't know. Scally, what do you think? Um, I am going to go with, uh, let's go for an unconventional. I think Caitlin might be good. <laughs> Caitlin already has a million followers. She is probably a little despy as a first boot that would get on another show. So I think Caitlin might be uh, easy to scoop up there, but otherwise I feel like watch out for the gym scenes. And those are the people that are going to be the most desperate to get on the challenge moving forward. Cause I- people <laughs> from season one allegedly did turn down this upcoming season. So my follow-up would be. Um, of these people, who is most likely to get on the challenge and then end up in a, a small relationship with Nani? Nani, um, Clarington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the answer. Uh, sounds about- um, Otherwise, like my my one other pick, I guess, would just be Trey. I feel like uh, he's got a he's got a, a good personality. I feel like he would uh, be welcomed by a lot of people on that show um, as like a, a nice rookie to, you know, take under the, their wing kind of thing. But I'm looking at like all the other guys. I'm not too sure. Um, well, well, maybe like a question worth revisiting later in the mm-hmm. season. Once we actually see more of their personalities. Okay. We yeah. will we'll touch. Base back there too. Yeah. Okay. But Carrington for sure. Carrington for sure. Okay. Uh, we if also have, we have a couple of questions from the uh, Rob has awesome patrons, uh, patron Facebook group. Uh, so uh, if you're looking for more of everything, um, become a patron of Rob has a podcast. Uh, Rob has website dot com slash patron. Uh, Michael Butler, a rear junior asks who is playing the biggest game so far pairing up for safety rather than love. So I guess which relationships do we think are the most fake? I guess. Hmm. Um, definitely I mean, Carrington. I'm just uh, not going to end this podcast until I've completely tarnished this Clarington. man's name. See, Clarington. I feel like Carrington is genuinely into Kirsten, whereas it would then qualify Kirsten as maybe playing the game. But uh, I guess she probably got to go with Trey and Justine a little bit there too, where they're making sure that like they're going to pick each other moving forward and uh, more concerned about like loyalty next time rather than. Uh, do they actually have a connection? I'm not sure. It's uh, left to be seen. Yeah, I would agree with uh, Trey and Justine for sure, but I think they have the potential. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hopeless romantic. That's what everyone says about me. I'm a hopeless romantic. (laughs) Um, And then Chris Giannis asks, uh, Caitlin has a million Instagram followers. Like, should she have used that as part of her pitch to stay? That would have been weird, wouldn't it? I mean, definitely. Can you imagine uh, someone being like, well, I have a million followers and they're all going to be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he probably would have sent her home like on the spot. Then like, yeah, no, get out of here. Um, it, it's definitely like if, if that's the last card you have to play and you're one foot out the door, uh, why not? But I don't know. I guess it, she didn't think of it. Would not be the first time that someone used being a social media influencer as a reason why they should not go home on a CBS reality show. So definitely have seen it work in the past. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I also could see like, she should have used that maybe with like James to get him to like ditch Moira like that. Mm. And like getting physical with him. And then she could probably could have stolen him away pretty easily. 
maybe she didn't have a million followers when she went into the house. Maybe she was just under a million and she didn't know that she had hit a million just yet. So it would have been like awkward to have her go in and be like, yeah, I have just under a million followers on Instagram. (laughs) And then he would have been like, okay, like, what does that mean? She would have been like, uh, like 999,000. And it would have been awkward. And then if she didn't end up getting a million, I don't know. Yeah, just exploring if you, options. If you only have six figures of Instagram followers, it's honestly embarrassing. You have to have It's really figures. embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. Pathetic. Yeah. Honestly, what a loser Throw if up. you only have six um, figures. It's wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I do think that's uh, pretty much all we have for this episode. Uh, Matt, do you have any final thoughts on the first week of Love Island? Um, it was, like I said, it was good. It was, uh, I'm, I'm interested in more. I'm definitely excited to see where things go with having these new guys around. And then, uh, you know, eventually we'll get some new women in there as well. Casa more being involved in the season, I think is going to be a fun time that always adds a whole new layer in the like middle of the show. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it, especially, you know, it's, uh, going to lead and uh, go into September where I guess survivor might've been at some point or another starting. So just to have any kind of reality TV content right now. Like uh, I'll continue my pitch of uh, if you're watching and you're not the most enthralled just yet, uh, keep watching it. It stays good um, or it, it'll get better. I guess I should say it's uh, definitely worth the watch unless you have like super high expectations and you need somebody to be backstabbing and voting each other out. Like if that's your kind of show, then I get it. But uh, I think people should stick with it. I a hundred percent agree. Scally, do you have any, any closing thoughts on the first week? Uh, no, I feel like it's good. A lot of people are kind of always uh, jumping in that are fans of CBS reality shows, but maybe not of a show like Love Island in general. Give it a little bit of time. It's going to grow. But overall, I'm satisfied with the first week. I definitely am excited to see these people moving forward uh, more so than I was excited for season one people moving forward last year. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Well, we've come to the end. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. I had a lot of fun talking to you and I'm sure everyone had fun listening to you and wants to listen (laughs) to you more. So where can they find you? Thank you guys for having me. Uh, a pleasure to uh, be here with you. I mean, last summer I could not have, uh, couldn't have made it happen anyway. You know, people worked last year and now work ha- happens a whole lot less in the year 2020. So uh, a lot more availability. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to hear more of me, you can uh, check out some of the Big Brother updates that I will be on here and there. Um, or check out if you are a Glee fan. You guys remember that show, Glee, back in uh, back in 2009 through 15. Uh, if you are a Glee fan, were a Glee fan, check out the Wire room. Um, Amon Adwin and I are still going with that. We are getting closer to the end of the watch, but we still have a whole lot more coming your way. So check that out. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Matt Ligori. And yeah, thanks again for having me. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. And Scally, where can people find you? Uh, well, people can just to plug it one more time, uh, leave five stars reviews on iTunes, uh, hypothetically, because that would really help. And then otherwise, uh, I'll be posting the link on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. 
incredible. I love you and I, I think are equally committed to getting up those iTunes charts. Uh, so if people want <laughs> to find me elsewhere, it's at Kirsten said what on all platforms. Uh, September is going to be a big month for Twitch. They're doing some promotions where you can subscribe for multiple months at a discount. So, uh, keep an eye out for twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what? Um, I'm sure I'll be on more of these big brother updates here and there. So keep an eye out there. And again, if you want to leave us a five-star review, again, we do not accept reviews fewer than five stars. Five-star reviews only. You can say whatever you want, uh, but leave five stars. Come on. Um, that's at robuswebsite.com slash loveislandpod. We'll take you to the iTunes store. So go there and rate us and review us and subscribe so that we can be the number one Love Island podcast. And we will see you next time uh, on Wednesday night. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>